You are listening to a message that was given at Living Word Chapel, Oracle, Arizona. It is our hope and prayer that God will use this message to speak to you and enrich your life. For more information, visit lwcoracle.org. This past week, pulled out your phone and operated the light feature. Why'd you do that? Why, why, why is it that we gravitate toward light? Why is it that we need light in our life. Most of you would say, so that I can see clearly. So that I can navigate through the complexities that sometimes a dark world can bring our way. In fact, you don't realize that you need light until you're realizing the darkness that you're in. Amen? And here's the thing that we find out from John's gospel. God's light expels darkness. We need the light of God in our lives. In fact, the, the, the very creation, the very creation, I remember I was talking last week about how John opens up the gospel, his narrative about the life of Jesus Christ. He opens it up with uh, completely different than all the other gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, which are called the synoptic gospels. In other words, they're seeing them alike. And if you read Matthew, Mark, and Luke, there's a lot of similarities. But you read John's gospel, and it is completely different. From the very onset, he parallels the opening of his gospel with the opening of the creation account where God is explaining how everything has come into being. And the crazy thing about the Genesis account is it tells us there that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep. The deep waters. It says the Spirit of God was hoovering over the surface of the waters, and then God said, let there be Let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was was good. Now, this is pretty amazing because for you Bible scholars and for you that are Bible scholars in the making and for you that are here for the first time that are going to become Bible scholars today. For those of you watching online, you're going to say, man, God hadn't created the sun yet. That didn't happen until day three. But he called the light. And we see in John's gospel, 
we see that the light was needed and the light was God. That the word being, being Jesus, the word being the logos, the very meaning of everything was also not only the word, the meaning of everything, but also the light to help each one of us navigate through a very dark existence without God. When you don't have God in your life, it's very dark. When you have God in your light, he illuminates your life, beginning with our hearts and our souls and everything that can become so dark without him. And so now we're progressing in John's gospel. We're going from, from the first part, which is called the prologue, where it says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God, to being introduced to a man whose name was John. We can't get confused with him because he wasn't John the apostle who wrote this gospel, who was a brother of James, who were the sons of Zebedee. This John was called the Baptist. And he comes on the scene in verse, uh, verse 6, and we're going to read that narrative right now. And from that, I believe that God is going to help us to understand that we need the true light in our life. We need God's true light in our life because there's a lot, there's a lot of different rays that will come our way that will try to deviate and pull us away from the true source of light, which is Jesus Christ himself. Whether it be philosophies, whether it be other religions, or whether it be other people that you might, you might be tempted to put your eyes on, and our eyes should always be on Jesus. It starts in verse 6. It says, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. And he came as a witness to testify concerning that light so that through him all might believe. So let's just pause right there and just kind of just think about what just has occurred in this, in this writing. John is introduced on the scene, John being John the Baptist. We know he was born from uh, Zechariah, who was a priest in, uh, in, in the faith, in Judaism, and uh, his wife's name was Elizabeth, who was, she was an elderly lady, and she got pregnant in, a, in her old day, age, way past her time of being able to get pregnant, miraculously, and now he comes on the scene, but he came for this reason, to testify concerning the light, which is Jesus Christ. And why did he do that? So that people would believe. He himself was not the light, he came only as a witness to the light. Verse 9, the true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. Now, let's pause right there because there's something very important that we need to talk about. Have you ever heard from someone, why isn't God doing anything in the world? God doesn't care about what's going on in the world. Right there, that, that, that Bible passage, that Bible scripture right there, he came to the world. God cared so much about the world that he came. God cares so much about every single problem that we have and that he came 
And he came and he died a death that he didn't deserve because Jesus is God. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So whenever you hear or whenever you're tempted to think, where is God? He came. He's here. He cares about every detail of your life and every detail of everybody else's life. He came into the world. Though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. Verse 11, he came to that which was his own, and that is the, 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 the Israelites, the Jewish people, but his own did not receive him. What happened at the very end when Jesus was crucified? Who led the way for them to say, crucify him, crucify him, crucify him? It was the leaders of his people. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Now that answers a very important question there for us because is every person a child of God? According to the Bible, it tells us no. Every person is created by God and God so loves every person, but only the persons who trust and receive Jesus Christ are called children of God and it explains, this, explains it in the very next verse. Children born not of human descent, nor of human decision, or a husband's will, but they're born of God. He will explain this in greater detail in John chapter 3 with a religious leader called Nicodemus. But we will wait until that time. And we're going to just keep expanding. But the reality here is that the whole thrust of Jesus coming is so that we could be saved and become born again. The whole thrust of John the Baptist coming was to reveal the true light and that through his witness and through his testimony, people would be drawn to Jesus and they would believe on him. The only reason that James Reese stands up here today is so that you will believe that Jesus Christ is your Lord. That Jesus Christ is your Savior. That Jesus Christ is the true light. Everything outside of that means nothing. I had a, a, a wonderful friend of mine. I worked with him underground. He was an engineer. He came to a, to a funeral service after I had uh, uh, come into the ministry. And, and, and he was a very scholarly from South Africa. Came over here, engineer, worked in the mine. Safety, he was a safety man whenever I was there. And he came in afterwards, after a, a, a funeral service, he said, Reesey, call me Reesey. He said, Reesey, those words were incredible. And I looked at him, I said, I said, Hector, did you, uh, did you give your life to Jesus? No. Then those words don't mean nothing. Because here's the thing, it doesn't matter how eloquent any person speaks. John didn't come to be eloquent. John didn't come to be popular. John didn't come to eat what everyone ate. He said, give me a locust, and I'm fine with that. His house was a very quiet house at night. There's crickets, if you had any crickets. <laughs> but he came to testify of the true light. And he speaks to us because why are you here? Why, why are you watching right now? It's because God is drawing you to the true light. 
so that you can be a testimony and point people to Jesus. So you can be a witness of how good he is. And, and, and I, I got three things that I want to share with you. The first thing is that Jesus is the true light. But the, the first thing is you need to trust the true light. You, you remember I confessed before I came up to speak. I confessed after the worship time. We say, Lord, I, did we sing these songs? I love you with all my heart, with all my life. Can I tell you when I'm really honest, when I'm really honest and evaluate my own life, there's parts of me that want to be selfish. There, there's parts of me that want to walk independent. There's parts of me that, that, that think that I really can live this life in my own intellect or my own strength. But the reality is, no, 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 that's a lie from the enemy and that's a lie from my own flesh. I continually have to default to trust the true light. To trust that Jesus is the word. He's the, the logos, the very meaning of life. But he's also the light of the world. And without him, hear me now. Without him being the centerpiece of our life, we can't see clearly to navigate through the complexities of life. John the Baptist, he was sent to point people to the light. John came as a witness to testify concerning that light. So that through him, all might believe. And God gave him a platform. Because people would come to him in his, in his, in his camel, in his camel uh, you know, dress, camel-made dress, you know, you know camel, uh, what was it called? Camel skin. Thank you, Mike. You're such a scholar, bro. I'm so glad you're in the house. He's got my back. You know, he went to, to the, the Coles camel skin store and, and got this attire. And, and, and through all that, he, he came to be a witness, and, and, it, and it says he himself was not that light. He came only as a witness to the light. Now, now there's three very important things about John's gospel that, that reveal the, the things about John the Baptist that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take with me. I'm going I'm to put that in my, in my suitcase, in my life suitcase, so that I can kind of navigate through it this week. And I hope that maybe you will too, and maybe there's more that will, will come from it in your life. Here's the first thing that, and, and this is so important because when I walked in the door today, someone said, hey, you're the man. And, and, and here's the reality, here's the reality, and it's the same thing with John the Baptist. John the Baptist was a man, but he was not the man. Are you with me? John the Baptist, look at, look at what it says, God sent a man whose name was John. And John the Baptist understood that he was not the man and that he was a man. Now, now the Bible helps bring clarity to, to that reality. In, in, uh, as Paul is writing to Timothy, 
In 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 5, it says this. It says, there is one God and one mediator between God and mankind, and that mediator is the man, Christ Jesus. Are you with me? Are, are you with me how it, how it helps us to understand that you're not the man? You're not the man. And somebody's saying, I know, I'm the woman. <laughs> you're not even the woman. You're a woman. Uh, you're not the man over here. I'm not the man. See, the, the, the reality about our life without God, think about it, we do want to be the man. I'm the man of my home. Shauna, by the way, that, that lady on the video, I want to meet her. <laughs> that, that lady that starts out our service, who is she? Introduce me to her. I might want to marry her. Oh, I am married to her. Thanks the Lord. See, but in my home, I, I, I'm, I'm not the man. Well, I, I better be. Let me, let me refocus. <laughs> I better not just be a man, huh? <laughs> but you get, my, you get my, where I'm getting from. You get my drift. We're not the man. Jesus is the man. So, so let me ask you a question. Who's the man? Jesus. John got that right. He understood that if he didn't get Jesus as primary, that he had the potential to have his faith derailed. And how many amazing men of God have had their faith derailed because people have put their eyes on them? Are you with me? How many, how many men in ministry and even leaders in ministry have had their, their whole ministry derailed because people put their eyes on them and they lift them, lifted them up to a place that they should never be lifted? Can I tell you, there, there is no platform at Living Word Chapel that anyone will ever stand on that is bigger than the one that Jesus stands on because he's a great one. And Jesus Christ will change your life, not James Reese, not Pastor Mike West, not the elders. Now, we are support to you, but we're in this together. We, we need just as much prayer as you do. We face just as many difficulties as you do. We, we have the complexities of life just like you do. Now, Jesus said some pretty awesome things about John the Baptist. There was one time in, uh, in Luke's gospel, in Luke chapter 7, that the disciples of, of John had come because he had been in prison. And they came and they asked Jesus, because of John the Baptist, telling them to, are you the one to come or do we wait for another? John the Baptist was in prison. He was thinking, am I going through this? For you or is there someone else? And this is what, 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 John, uh, uh, what, what, what John's disciple went back and Jesus said, you know, the eyes, I mean, the blind of the eyes are opened and all these, the, the good news is preached and all these things, all these miraculous things that Jesus was doing. And then after that, in the narrative, it says this in verse 24. After John's disciples left, Jesus began talking about him, about John the Baptist to the crowds. What kind of man did you go into the wilderness to see? Was he a weak reed swayed by every breath of wind? Or were you expecting to see a man dressed in expensive clothes? 
No people who wear beautiful clothes and live in luxury are found in palaces. Were you looking for a prophet? Yes. And he is more than a prophet. This is the word of Jesus. John is a man to whom the scriptures refer when they say, look, I am sending my messenger ahead of you, and he will prepare your way before you. And I will tell you, these are Jesus' words, of all who have ever lived, none is greater than John. And he doesn't stop there. And he says this, yet even the least person in the kingdom of God is greater than he. Ain't that amazing? Jesus says, of all that were born, John the Baptist is the greatest. But even the least in the kingdom is greater than he. Let me tell you why. Because greater is he who lives in me than anyone else in the world. Greater is he who lives in you. Jesus makes you who you are. Jesus makes you great. Jesus makes you an amazing father, an amazing mother, an amazing employee, an amazing employer. There is no one in here who is inadequate. There is no one who's watching who's second or last. If Jesus in you, you are great for the glory of God, but you have to realize that you're not the man and you're not the woman Jesus is. Here's the second thing that I learned about John the Baptist. He was a witness to the true light. What does a witness do? Don't they give a testimony to something they've seen or something they've heard? John gave testimony to what God allowed for him to see. We'll read later on where, where God said to him, when you baptize, there'll be a person you're going to baptize. And when you baptize him, the spirit of God is going to come down upon him like a dove. And John knew that there was going to be something special about He seen, he knew that there was a person coming, and that person was Jesus Christ. And he gave testimony. He pointed people to that. But the other word for witness, the actual word is martyr. And martyr means you're, you're, you are willing to die for who you believe in and what you believe in. Ain't, ain't that special when we talk about missions, Terry? You, you, were, you were talking to us about these places where the persecuted churches and, and, and those people who put their faith in Jesus, it's not because of seven, seven points is going to help you become a better dad or a better mom. There ain't none of that. It, what it is is there's a Savior who loves you, and if you give your life to him, even if you die, you're going to live forever. Are you, are you with me? It's a whole different way of preaching. It's about Jesus, prove yourself because you are God. It's not about, you know, what can you do for me? What can you do for my children? What can you do for my, you know, for my youth? How, 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 can, how, can, they, how can they have, you know, this or that or, or all these different things? Because we're a very consumer, uh, a consumer-led people. What have you done for me lately? That's not Christianity. 
Christianity is, Jesus, you're worthy of it all, and I give you my life. What if in 2022 you gave your whole life to Jesus and not want everything for me? You ain't preaching what I want you to preach. You ain't saying what I want you to say. You're not standing on the side that I want to stand on. All these, that means nothing to giving your life to the one who paid it all. He was a witness to testify concerning that light so that through him all might believe. Not only did he know he was not the man, he also knew his mission was to point people to the true light. He, he, this is important. Oh, man, that's good. When you understand that you're not the man or you're not the woman, but you're submitted to the mission of God, you'll put everything aside. You'll put yourself aside so that you can be the testimony to people that you want to win to Jesus. You won't do that when you think you're the man. John the Baptist came to be a witness where he was planted to point people to Jesus even if it cost him his life. And guess what? Guess what? It cost him his life. But he did it so that they would believe and trust in Jesus Christ. And, Je and, and, and John never deviated from the mission, my prayer, my prayer for me is that I will never deviate from the mission. That I will trust Jesus no matter what I'm going through. No matter, no matter if there's chatter that don't matter, no matter if people come at me, that I will not deviate from the mission. That I will be sold out to be a church that loves, empowers, and transforms people with and through the living word. Because the living word changes people. He's the logos. He's, he's the very essence of, of everything that we, that, that we need in our lives. He's the light that will lead us. And the third thing that we see from John's life is that this. He was submitted to the light. He was submitted to the light. Subordinate. He, he, he came under the lordship of God. Isn't it interesting that when the Lord taught us how we should pray, he said, our Father who art in heaven, holy is your name, hallowed. Your kingdom come and your will be done. You know what that means? You're going to submit yourself to his lordship. See, everybody wants a savior. Very few people want a lord. Are you with me? Everybody wants to be saved. Lord, save my marriage. The Lord saves your marriage, but you don't want to submit to him. You start doing your own thing. Lord, save my finances. The Lord comes in and he comes and he begins to save your finances. And you begin to do your own thing. Lord, save me from, you know, from this job situation. He comes and he saves us from a job situation. But let me tell you something. It's a Everybody wants a savior. Very few people want to submit to his lordship. John the Baptist submitted to the lordship of Jesus. He knew that in his life he would have to decrease so that God and Jesus would increase. Let me, let me tell you something that's very important to you. 
is very important to me. Jesus has got to become greater than you. That's what submission is. Submission means I will submit myself, I will be subordinate to, to you and your guidance and your word. God can never be great in your life. He can never be great in your life until you submit to his lordship in your life. Because until we submit to him, then you're the greater person. When we submit to him, guess what? He becomes a greater person. He becomes a greater good in our life. Now that's hard. That's hard for us to do because somehow there's something in us that we want to be number one. In Spanish, we say, queremos ser número uno. We want to be, we want to orchestrate. We want to be, we want to be at the helm of driving the vehicle of our life. But here's the thing. You have got to give that over to Jesus. And when we do, there's peace. And when we do, there's grace. You become humbled. Now, we learned that about John, right? That he knew he was a man, not the man. We knew he was going to submit himself to the lordship of, of Jesus, and, it, and, it, and it, it benefited his life. He was not a perfect man. Was John the Baptist a perfect man? No. He was a submitted man. But then, he, then the word teaches us this. This is very important. This is what I want us to leave with. That we have to activate the true light. See, when you point people to Jesus, you po you're pointing them to activate the true light. How do people activate the true light in their life? Faith. Faith in who? Faith in Jesus. There was a contractor, real quick story because I'm running out of time. There's a contractor that was doing our, 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 um, our student center. It's been years. He was out there doing the stucco work. And I went out there and he said, um, he said, you know, right away put this wall up. Don't, uh, I don't want to hear anything about religion. I got my own religion. I said, bro, I'm not a religious person. I won't talk to you about religion. So I just, we just started talking. I told him I worked underground. So we just became, we started to have this friendship. And in that, he said to me a couple days later, I have a question. I said, okay, what's up? He said, when I pray, it seems that my prayers don't leave the, the four walls of my room. It seems like my prayers don't go anywhere. Why is that? I said, that's easy, bro. What? It's easy? What do you mean? I said, you got to be born again. You got to activate your faith in Jesus. Now, here's the thing why do we say that and why do we know that? He came into the very world that he created, but the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people and even they rejected him. So we see that people are, there's going to be people that are going to be rejected, but he doesn't stop there, right? If you open up your heart with faith, he will open up your eyes. Are you with me? That's for everybody. 
If you open up your heart, he will open up your eyes. Then it, verse 12, but to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right for them to become children of God. They are reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. Now, here's the great news. That person that was doing the stucco, he gave his life to Jesus that day. And we didn't talk about religion. We talked about the true light and the Savior of the world. Now, there are, there are people in your life. There are people in your life who have the same question. Why are my prayers, why, why am this difficulty not going away? I talk to God. They need to know that they need to be born again. That they need to activate the faith that comes through Jesus Christ. And it will change their life forever. You activate the light of God with your faith in Jesus. A new birth, a new start. If your world is dark, it gets illuminated with the light of God. I, I don't know where you are today in your life, but I know that there's a light from heaven that wants to illuminate your everyday life. And his name is Jesus Christ. And you don't have to go on, on this alone. You don't have to try in your own abilities alone. Let me tell you, there's darkness going to come at you. It's going to try to come and destroy you. But greater is he who is in us than the enemy who's in the world. And we will win through Jesus Christ. As I close... There's maybe someone in this service that um, God is calling you to this light. He's calling you to the true light. And today is the day that you're going to say yes to Jesus. I want to lead you in a prayer. If you're watching online, the Lord has been speaking to you, to your life, to your circumstances. And today is the day that you're going to say yes to Jesus Christ. It's not man's doing. It's God's doing. And so I want to lead you in a prayer, just a simple prayer. It's just, God, I come to you today because I need a Savior and I need a Lord. I am tired of trying to do life on my own. Today I admit, I admit that I'm a sinner. But I also believe today that Jesus Christ is my Savior. I believe that Jesus went to the cross at Calvary and he died for all of my sins. My past, my present bad choices, and even the future ones that I'll make. I believe that he rose from the dead on the third day and that he's alive and well, seated at the right hand of the Father. And so today I confess Jesus as my Lord. I choose to follow him from this day forward and walk in his fellowship and the fellowship of your people. And I pray this in Jesus' name, amen.
So with, with everyone looking at me, if there's someone here today and you're saying, that's me, I, I, I prayed that prayer to them making a choice to follow Jesus, just raise your hand and we'll just celebrate what you're doing today. With, I, I've come to the place that there's no embarrassment with God. We all want to celebrate that we're making that choice. Amen? Well, praise God that, that all of you guys have had that, uh, that choice you've made and, and you've had that opportunity. If you're online and you made that commitment today, you're saved. You're in the hands of God, and today the light has been opened up. Let's stand up and worship the King. This has been a message from Living Word Chapel. We hope that you've been blessed by it. Make sure you check out lwcoracle.org for more information.